0: Hello, you are listening to episode 17 of Daisy Geek Girls. I am Preeti Chibber.
1: And I'm Swapna Krishna, and we are recording on Monday, November 20th. And if you cannot tell, Preeti is very tired.
0: I am pretty tired.
1: <laughs> she has had a very, very long month, which started with her coming and visiting me, which was very, very fun. And we spent like two days in our pajamas watching movies, which was, it was incredible
0: awesome. And it was the beginning of just a very long series of trips. Um, because after that I traveled to two conferences back to back and I got back about an hour and a half ago. I walked into my apartment with my 48 pound suitcase, which was super fun to bring up the stairs to my New York apartment. Um, and I, I've also been, I've spent the last three days in a booth talking to teachers, and so my voice is a little Yeah, so wonky, that's so. exactly
1: what she wants to come do, is come <laughs> straight over <laughs> to the airport and be texting me, like, I just have to eat food before we record. <laughs> but because we are, it's kind of late, and we wanted to go ahead and get this out, because next month, it's very exciting, we have a special guest for our The Force Awakens recording.
0: Yes, next week. Next week. Next week. week
1: next month. I'm tired. I
0: know. Too. Not as it's tired, okay,
1: but I'm tired too.
0: We're gonna do a lot of like wrong words today, yeah, I today. think. This,
1: I, this podcast is going to be a mess, so. It's gonna
0: be a train wreck and it's gonna be okay. Yes. Um, but yes, we have a very special guest on for The Force Awakens. Um, author Sabah Tahir will be on with us. Fingers crossed, nothing goes wrong. Um, to talk about Star Wars, because she's awesome and, and Star she Wars wrote is a, awesome.
1: And she wrote a Star Wars story? and did. In the certain point of view anthology and so we'll talk about the force awakens with her. But um okay so before we get started, we have a special little thing we're doing. Um this basically for the rest of this month and part of next, if you s- pledge to our Patreon um before no- December 15th, you will get a special Daisy Geek Girls holiday card. And we have no idea what it was. Look, like literally, this is something I was texting to Preeti while I think you were at Y'all Fest. Yeah, I
0: was at Y'all Fest probably, and I think I was just like, "Sure, whatever you want to do, that sounds awesome."
1: Yeah, and so, um, so this is we have no idea what will it will contain. Photograph, like we will put some pictures of ours. So if you want to put us on your fridge, um, you have to just pledge a dollar or more. You know, there's no like minimum because I think a dollar is a minimum. You can pledge yeah. on Patreon. So, um, like, whatever
0: you want to yeah. give us, and you will get a holiday card from yeah, us. My so, Here's my idea. Since we both have received our Porg pajamas. Uh, yes, yeah. I think we should do, we're not in the same city, but I think we should have, you know, someone photograph us in our Porg pajamas in a specific pose, maybe pretending with a lightsaber. Like matching and then Porg poses? In our matching poses, and we're, I'm going to Photoshop it all together for a happy belated life day card.
1: Photoshop. But I, you really mean MS Paint. I probably mean that. MS Paint. This <laughs> is an MS Paint wizard. It's true. Um so yeah, so if you and this is um US only. So if you're yeah. outside of the country, well we're going to try and figure it out if we do get patrons who are outside of the country depending. It's kind of just dependent on how many we get and like what the situation is. So I'm not ruling it out, but we're just saying for right now, U.S. only, and then we'll,
0: yes. we'll see what so we'll, happens. We'll reassess. Yes.
1: Um,
0: and then... Uh, speaking of Life Day, which was three days ago, yes, on November 17th, if you are not familiar with Life Day, it is a Wookiee holiday, mm-hmm. and it is the day that the Star Wars Holiday Special first aired in 1978. And and it's and a also, very important
1: holiday to Preeti and me as Wookiee. It is.
0: It's the only <laughs> time the Star Wars Holiday Special ever aired. And so Subna and I both
1: wrote... wrote I don't know why I'm laughing so hard. Because it's terrible. It's so bad. Oh, um, my God.
0: So we both wrote a few pieces over at SciFi.com. Subna had 42 thoughts while watching the Star Wars Holiday Special. And half
1: of them is, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah.
0: And I ranked all the songs of the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> You'll have to check it out to find out who made number one yeah. of the four songs that are the Although four original really, songs that are in that movie. It's
1: pretty much the song you think, because it's the only one that's like
0: You'll decent. see <laughs> you'll see. Maybe I throw a curve out there. But if you want if you want a piece that's got a few pieces, I think, that have some masturbation jokes. Yes. And are yes. far more crass than either of us usually write. Yes, you can check it out over yes. at the Sci-Fi Fangirls Vertical. Yes, um, we're both pretty proud. I got back. I hope Cher doesn't listen to this because I pitched this story for Life Day like the day before, and I was at a conference. Like I was, I was at, I was in St. Louis at NCTE, and I was in a convention center all day, and then I had dinner with colleagues and authors and then i had drinks and then i got back to my hotel at like eleven thirty or 11 p.m and i was like oh no i have to write this post about the star wars holiday special that was due an hour ago <laughs> and i wrote it and i sent it to Swapna at two in the morning
1: yes and i am um, and i texted her back because she makes a reference to like you know if you are not a Star Wars mole person and don't know what the holiday special is, and I was saying, you know, are you implying that you and I are Star Wars more mole people? And
0: we are, we are
1: Star Wars mole people.
0: It's That's true. It's true. Um. So yes, go to the Sci-Fi um, Fangirls Vertical yeah. and, and and read
1: them if you want. We were thinking of doing a holiday special, like watch, like a yeah. like, well, like this year and. I think between, because, like, with Thanksgiving and Preeti's travel schedule and doing all of our monthly Star Wars podcasts. we got a
0: little tight. Yes. I am planning on watching it December 9th just because.
1: More power <laughs> to you. I watched it once this year. I can't do it again. But next year we may do a special if there's enough. How, to- how so.
0: mad would all of you be if uh, December, you know, 16th or whatever – We released our Basic Geek Girls Star Wars episode. And it's it's about the holiday special. special. And not about The Last
1: Jedi. I think people would show up (laughs) respectively at my house in your apartment (laughs) and kill us because I would.
0: Please, I hope I remember. I'm just gonna say it's the Star Wars holiday special, and then we'll go into the Last Jedi. Oh my god! All right, that's enough about (laughs) lifetime. Okay,
1: so let's um um we'll get our news out of the way really quick. So um first Star Trek Discovery, the first half of the first season, uh, finished airing not this past not yesterday, but the week before last. And um I talked we talked about the show I think when it was like three up three or four episodes in
0: Mm -hmm. because I watched the first three episodes but I haven't had time recently to catch up
1: and I will say now like unqualified I love this show I think it's incredible it's the storytelling is incredible the one thing that had me worried at the beginning of the show was that it would be too focused on action but they've done some lovely character development and some incredible character moments the acting is so good Um, and then it's just one of those things where Like, you know, you'll be on a bridge scene and the captain is the only white person on the bridge and it's, you know, like, because a lot of the main characters are people of color and um, then, like, the extras are also people of color and, like, it's incredible. Like, just the representation in the show, it's not, I'm I'm not pretending, like, it's perfect because nothing's perfect. I'm sure there are issues that I don't see um, because I do... As you and I have discussed, you uh, like, I love things hard, and I try to, you know, like, sometimes that blinds me to issues they have. Like, I, that happens, like, because I want to love things. I don't mm-hmm. want to pick things apart, and I don't want to notice. And, you know, I try to think critically, but when it's something I love, it's, it's hard to do. So I'm sure there are issues I'm not. Although I did actually ask a friend of mine about the gay representation in um, Discovery, because I think it's lovely and wonderful, and they have... Um, Wilson Cruz and Anthony Rapp as a gay couple, um, who are both of them are lovely, and it's such a just beautiful like just just a depiction of a normal couple. There's nothing mm-hmm. like extraordinary or like you know it's extraordinary in its or- ordinariness, if that makes sense. And um, so I ask just to you know make sure I'm talking about this, but I want to make sure I'm you know I'm doing it, you know, if there are any issues with it. And he um, told me like, no, I think this is, I love it. And so I, I think it does really well with representation on multiple levels. um, Yeah. And so that's kind of my plug for it. I got, I'm still getting reaped <laughs> guy on the internet because uh, um, right after it came out, I wrote a post kind of like basting CBS for putting it on all access and, you know, putting it behind a paywall And now I have not necessarily walked it back because I still think that model is really frustrating. But um, I also say, you know, I think it's a show worth paying for. Like, I think it it is frustrating, but this is the reality of how it is. And it's very successful for right now where it is. Um, That might change in the future. But for right now, it is very successful where it is. That isn't going to change. And I love it. And I think it's worth paying for um and yeah, the internet hates me for that. I've been called a CBS no. shill many, many times. Oh but my god, I know it's terrible. But I'm like, I'm I, I'm like whatever. Like you can think I'm a shill for CBS, but I'm very I've been very vocal about my disapproval of the model, and I don't love the model. It's just kind of I've accepted that that's the reality of. We're not going to always get content the way we want it. I'm not going to get this the way I want it, but I'm glad it exists, and I will support it financially. So.
0: this is not related and this is the first I know it is related but this is the first tangent of what I'm sure will be many because I've been thinking a lot about shitty people on the internet lately Mm -hmm. and there are many there's so many and it makes you think there's this like phrase that I've been like using that doesn't really make sense unless you know the story behind I mean it makes sense but it's not it's really funny to me So, like, years ago, three of my friends are in the back of a cab driving through Brooklyn, New York at, like, 2 in the morning. And this girl is, like, standing at a gas station, and she, like, puts her hand up to call the cab, like, to, like, hail the cab. And the window's down, and my friend Alex, who's sitting, I think, in the middle of the back, leans out the window and goes... See you later, butch, <laughs> as it turns the corner. And I just, that's all I want to say to shitty people on yeah. the internet. Like, yeah. I know I've seen people who are like, I'm not going to watch the new Star Trek now that they have gay couples in it. I'm yeah, like, great. Oh my
1: God. See like, you later, butch. And they I have a... You. Like, my thing with it is I do think it is aimed specifically at people of color and at—I um, I think it's aimed at women. I think it's aimed at, you know, maybe— Which is a-
0: awesome because that is not—that is like, you know, you think about something like um, Young Justice that got canceled not because it was was not doing well, but because the wrong audience was watching it, which yeah. is to say women and teen girls were watching that yeah. show. And they weren't getting boys to watch it. though. So rather than take advantage of the audience they were getting, they just canceled it. Yeah. And here you have a genre show that is, I don't know if they're like deliberately targeting or whatever the conversations at the network are, but they are deliberately being inclusive in a way that... And they're
1: not, and I think the frustrating thing a lot about inclusivity is they like, is a lot of shows and stuff kind of work it in the... They hope people won't notice. The right. wrong it's, people won't well, notice the it's, inclusivity.
0: It's subtext. It's right. never text, right? It's or just always subtext.
1: Like like oh, we're going to be inclusive, but we're not going to make a big deal about it, so the trolls don't notice. Well, it's
0: it's James Gunn at Guardians being, before Guardians came out, being like, maybe there's a gay character in it. And then you watch the movie, and you're like, where? And he's like, oh, I didn't mean for sure. I just meant you could read them as gay if you wanted. Right. Or Tessa, the, them cutting the scene out of... Well we'll get to that. Right. We'll we'll get to that. Well
1: yeah, we are talking about Thor Ragnarok today. Yeah. But um so yeah, so basically this show is never um made never like been quiet about being all about diversity like even in be- way before it aired. Like all of their promos are about like this mm-hmm. show is about diversity um and but that's celebrating Star Trek, diversity. Right? It is, but Star Trek has never Star Trek has definition of diversity oh, has often been I know.
0: very narrow okay so rather when i say it's star trek i mean it's it's the natural progression of what star trek has represented I agree.
1: yes and i'm glad because it would have been easier to not like in terms of like it would have been very very easy for them to just like take instead of right. taking like the next step they took the next The steps that that should have been taken. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're they're taking a lot of steps at once, and I appreciate it. And, um, yeah, anyway, it's...
0: I wonder wonder if my mom's going to be happy with this conversation.
1: Oh, yes. her uh, Preeti's mother um, has asked us to talk more about Star Trek because we talk about Star Wars so much. We talk about
0: Star Wars so much, and she's like, why don't you talk more about Star Trek?
1: And I'm like, I'm game, I'm game. Because <laughs> God, I'm like the biggest Star Trek nerd. But um, no, I do, I think it's a great show. I think it's really well done. If you're on the fence about it, um, I think, and you have like a week at thanks, like this week at Thanksgiving free or a week during the holidays, I think the CBS All Access trial comes with a week free. And you can totally like the first half of the it's first season. It's only season's like album. ten, ten so episodes. You, it's it's eight, nine episodes. Eight, so you oh. can totally like subscribe for a week, watch the first nine episodes, and if it's not for you, or you know, watch the first however many episodes before. No,
0: watch watch. I would say having watched the first three episodes, you have to watch the first at three. least watch the first three because, because the, the, show the third is yeah, the third episode is drastically different than the first two, which is more of a like. Prequel miniseries than it is part of the actual show, and
1: I will say for the most part, every episode gets better. Like it's not—it's a show where every episode is better than the one that came before, with like one exception that I'm thinking of, um, and that episode wasn't bad. It just didn't—you know—it was just it was an episode of the week. But anyway, okay, so Star right. Trek, I really like it. Watch it, you know. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, I don't know how to end da. that. Live long and prosper. There you go. See you
0: later, bitch. Um, um, all right. True Detective. So, True Detective, and I am, I watched, I'm going to get, like, pitchforks, but I watched, like, most of the first season. And I then watched, I, like,
1: three episodes of the first season. Yeah, like,
0: I watched, like, maybe, I don't even know how many, I watched most of it, I feel like, and just found it to be, like, beautifully made. Yes, but. The story, the plot wasn't... It was beautifully made. It was really well acted. But the plot wasn't there for me.
1: It was like... I could have watched it. I could have... I would have been fine finishing it. But it didn't pull me back in.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And I didn't watch season two. Because I heard it was a total train wreck. But... They just dropped this news for season three. That it's going to be Mahershala Ali and Carmen... I'm not sure if it's a Jogo or a Hogo. Um... But that sounds really compelling to me. Oh yeah,
1: I'll, I'll definitely give that a shot. Like we'll give I it love a shot. him. I've been a fan of his ever since the forty four hundred, which was this like old sci fi show on the USA Network. USA like, right? A, Ten years ago or something. But yeah, I loved. I love him. So uh-huh. and everybody loves him. I'm not alone in that. <laughs> so.
0: so that's pretty minor. Um, oh, this isn't on our list. But we could dip in that. That's a segue to dip into the travesty that was the people's sexiest man cover. Oh,
1: my God.
0: It could have been Mahershala Ali. He the man's won an Oscar. It's not like he's, you know, nobody. But they chose Blake Shelton, which feels like just wrong on a lot of levels. Um, we don't have to go too deeply no, into it. Other I just than was to maybe, very like,
1: disappointed.
0: What if we each pick one person that we would have rather uh, been on the cover? I mean,
1: I mean, like, can I pick like a million people? Okay, I'm going with Shahzad Latif, who is, um, <laughs> is Ash Tyler in, um, nice. Star Trek Discovery. And oh, dear. All right,
0: I'm going to pick Aegis Elba.
1: Oh, well, because, yeah. He...
0: Because obviously. Okay, that was that. Now for something completely different. The new *Wrinkle in Time* uh, dropped last night. Last, so night, last good. Before.
1: I think it was was it last two
0: night I think it was I don't last know.
1: Night. I wrote about it, it this morning for N Gadget, so if you haven't seen it, you know I'll drop that link in the show notes. But uh, um, I think it was so, last night.
0: Time has lost all meaning. So, at some point in the last twenty-four to forty-eight hours, this trailer came out, and it's the long. You know, we saw the teaser several months ago. With the, the striking images and just like quick cuts, and this was a little more um, involved. I probably should have watched it again before we started recording, but whatever. Um, I am super excited. Everything this looks
1: really good, beautiful. I love that this trailer focused on kind of the science of it. Yeah, as the size of science nerd. Um, also, there's a pic, like a picture of Chris Pine in like a NASA and is like in like a NASA jacket, and I was like, I screenshotted it and tweeted, like, like, best Chris. Like, oh, my <laughs> God. I'm a huge fan of Chris. I, I mean, love Chris Pine. And just, I love, I love, yes. I love the casting do. in this movie. I the love casting the casting beautiful. so
0: much. It's It was, like, such a, it's so funny because the book is, the book is actually, we should do, we were talking about doing a reread, which maybe we will, because yeah. it's so short. Um, like, I still have my copy from, like, the 80s. Yeah, my I have the little, year.
1: like, the little mass market paperback with yeah, the green cover.
0: With the yeah. green cover and the creepy, like... Um, Centaur,
1: thi- I can't yeah, remember yeah, what yeah, it yeah. is. Uh,
0: so, the book is so short, and and not that it's not lush in terms of description, mm-hmm. but it's not... When I saw it on the screen, in this, like, trailer, I was like, oh... Yes. I feel like, like, that is the potential, like potential of what it could be.
1: I feel like in some ways this is like The Hobbit except not three yeah. movies long and you know what but like it's there there are similarities there in terms of there is a lot that is not said in The Hobbit because it's a kids book. Like if you yes. look at the descriptions Although, of The Hobbit versus Lord of the Rings. Yes.
0: Yes, true.
1: Yeah, there's a lot sense. of filling in between the blanks and like there's a lot of and in The Hobbit it 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 had the you know added thing where Peter Jackson had already imagined that universe, so it, it is very different. Obviously, that's three movies. This is one, but still, like
0: although. So I think that this. I'm hoping and I'm fingers crossing that this leads to the actually making a wind in the door and swiftly tilting planet. And it's
1: incredible how many people don't know that that this is a, series. A, a
0: quartet. Yeah, and I would be okay with them not making many waters because it's weird. And it doesn't. It's been so
1: long since I've read it. I don't many
0: even... waters is the one that's about Sandy and Dennis going to like biblical times.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's like fine, and I know some people really like it, but it doesn't really fit in with the other three books because the other three books are still about Charles Wallace and Meg. Yeah. Um, especially like I would love to see just Frinkle in Time, Wind in the Door, and Swiftly Tilting Planet just as like a trilogy. Yeah. Me too, you know, I, would. I think it would be incredible, and like Ava doing all of them and letting that kid grow up to be through the like pull a Harry Potter, keep that cast in. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe not for Swiftly Tilting Planet because Megan and Calvin are like adults with children in that right. movie, and Charles Wallace is like sixteen. Um, so it's like it, I just it looks so good, it does. and Oprah looks amazing, oh. and Cailin and Reese Witherspoon look amazing, and. Oh, it's just Ava Deverney, Like, God bless you so much, just so much. I'm so excited. I can't wait till March.
1: I'm I, I, I'm really excited. I think it looks really good. Um. Okay, so I guess we'll get into kind of our um
0: to focus our focus topics for the for the yeah. evening.
1: And so, uh, so the- <laughs> first, actually, both of these we saw together. I realized. Oh yeah. Realized. Because yeah, so. um, when Kreeti was visiting, <laughs> one of the things she made me do is she's been talking about this comedy special forever, Hasan Minaj's Homecoming, which is mm. on Netflix. And, and
0: I highly recommend it.
1: Yeah, and I she had recommended it, and all of you know by now that I am terrible at watching anything. Like, I'm just terrible at TV, I'm terrible at movies, because... Like, more often than not, when given the option to watch something, I will just rewatch something I love rather than watching something (laughs) new because it's, you know, like, easier and nostalgia and all that. So I'm terrible at watching things. So this has been on my list for a long time, but, like, we had, like, an extra hour before we were, like, going out to dinner. And um, it was like, okay, let's just sit down and watch it. And, oh, my God.
0: We literally, it was so, because I've now seen it, I think, three or four times. Um, and Sabda kept pausing it to go, this is too real.
1: Yeah. This okay. So it real. is a comedy special and it is very, very funny, but like he finds humor in like in some ways in the tragedy of his life as a, you know, like as a person of color in the U S with a, Mus- like um, a Muslim, a Muslim American, American, like in a post nine 11 world. Like a lot of the humor in it is. Like, talking about the shared experiences of brown people um, in a world like, in a, it's just, it's it's real. It is real. Like, it is, it's really good. And I think the thing I like about it, I mean, I, there's a lot of things I liked about it. But you and I, Preeti and I, um, have talked about, I don't know that we've actually broached this on the podcast, but the tension between writing for a broad audience, like a South Asian author or Mm -hmm. any ethnicity or any marginalized group writing for both their own, their own people and a wide audience.
0: Yeah, it's striking the balance where you have enough, where you are authentic and real without being alienating. (sighs) And not to say that being from a marginalized background is inherently alienating, but anyone, you want to make sure that all of the jokes are not in jokes. All of right. the conversation pieces are in, you know, in conversation pieces. Because no matter what, that that feels alienating,
1: you know? Right. And Somebody, he, Yeah, he does not
0: He does this just like in this amazing way. And it's in a way that centers what makes it so compelling in, in, 2017, when we are getting narratives from South Asian creators, this is the first one I think that truly centers the South Asian gaze. Yeah. It truly, truly centers our experience. And then anyone who is not South Asian can enjoy it, but, they're, but they will have to, like, their viewpoint is secondary to ours. Yeah. Which I truly, I like, really appreciate in a world where you have like shows that are created by South Asian creators that are very much centering the white gaze and making it about. Pulling the white crew, the white viewer in or the non desi viewer, which I think in. there's
1: nothing wrong with that, and I think no, it, you should care to a broad audience, but sometimes it happens, and often, sadly, it happens. We're still navigating that tightrope, like we don't right. know. So it happens, like i like, not at saying the sacrifice. Preeti up. and I aren't saying we have the answer. We like I don't know. Like it's hard to do,
0: but but you have something here with Hasan Minhaj that is so special because he struck he I think he struck that balance beautifully. He did. Um, he did. Making it universal but keeping it specific. Yeah. You know, there are things that he um talks about and there there are there's points where he speaks in Hindi mm-hmm. and he makes jokes in Hindi and he says things like, Oh, you're a Darbuk, you know, you're like a whatever. Um or this idea of like he's not Hassan Minaj, he's Hassan Minhaj. Yeah. Which are are this is like that balance of walking the line of like a you're Indian but you're American but you're balancing that act you know and also you know talking about I've never seen a special that's like you know he's Muslim American where you know I'm Hindu and talking about that like immigrant child experience you know that's so real and so funny but also being that kid and like growing up surrounded by people who didn't look like you.
1: Right. But then also, and it po- totally pokes fun at our experiences and oh, pokes fun yes. at our family, but not in a, like this goes back to what we were saying about like the my big fat Greek wedding immigrant yes. experience discussion. It doesn't do it in a malicious way because yeah. there are Indian comedians who, um, or South Asian comedians who I've seen ha- do this, but it's in a very negative stereotypical it's yeah way. It's,
0: it's talking about it's like in order to be successful and south asian and funny you have to make fun of the things that white people think are weird about indian people right.
1: and it's not necessarily that we don't think the same things are weird because i mean like for sure i think you know some of these things are funny but it's done in a way like there's a difference in talking about it out of love and out of respect. Yeah. I mean,
0: he talks about uh, one of one of my favorite bits is when he has a girl coming over to his house oh, for yeah. the first time. His his white princess Bethany. Uh and he's like, "Oh my god, she's not going to get it. I'm she's never going to talk to me again." Like, "What are you doing?" And he walks through his house and he's like 15 or something, six, I don't know, 60, 17. Yeah. And he's like, "Don't be weird. Like don't be weird." And his eyes like Hasan yeah. What are you talking about? You know? And his dad's watching like Z T V or he's watching Cubby Cushy Cubby Gum on TV. His mom is like frying pakoras. Like and he's just like, Oh my god, this yeah. is too brown. Yeah. Which is something I think we've all we've done, all done. With kids. Yeah. Where you're like Where, you know, I definitely got made fun of for, like, my house smelling like Indian food. Yeah. You'd be like, ugh, she smells like curry. Yep. And, like, it's a thing where you, like, you don't want your friends to know how weird your food smells. Of course, then you grow up and they're like, I love Indian food so much. Oh, my God. But, like, this special is so good and, I like, I just can't get over how not only, like, not only the balance of that identity those identity issues yeah. but how well constructed the plot is
1: yeah because it it's has a, a plot which is like so this is a comedy special it's it's
0: really closer to a one man show it than is. it is like a comedy special it it's like it's it's very it's a memoir it's his life you know kind of up until he got cast on the daily show um it's a uh, it's it's really well written. It is. You know, it's just really, really well written, and I cannot recommend it yeah. enough. Like
1: it is, like there, like pretty, like what she says, absolutely right. Like I just so many times I had to pause it and like take a deep breath because like I'm like this is like my experience, and these are issues I still struggle with. It's not like oh I sympathize with this as a high schooler I was like these are issues like identity yes. issues we still. Like struggle with family issues, like you know your family. He became a comedian, you know, his not the typical South Asian no career. Like I am a you know journalist and a writer, not a typical. And so like a lot of the things, like it's still, you know, arguments I have with my family, and it's still like just the desire to be understood and the like, the, like the need that like you know childish need for your um parents to approve of you.
0: And to be proud of you. Yeah. You and know? it's like
1: and it's like and it's like it's like it was too like I'm like talking about it and I'm like, oh this is too real. Too real.
0: But, like too. But that's balanced with like, I wanna tell there he makes a joke about med students going to the Caribbean, mm-hmm. which is such oh a my God. Oh my specific God. thing. And Swap and I both screeched at that point because it's such a specific thing to our community. Yeah. Because that is a real thing that happens. But like
1: Like and I don't think I don't think a like a non um, white person like maybe like um some but some community but like a white person just would not get that joke but like my sister went to med school in the Caribbean like I know. So many people. Yeah, just, I know
0: several people went to med school in the Caribbean.
1: And like, it's just, it's a, it's a thesis thing. Like, oh, like, it was med school, like, okay, well, we can always do the Caribbean. Like, you know, it's know. <laughs> such a thesis thing. Like, it is. And like, it's just these, but like, if you don't understand that joke, there's a joke that rolls right after it that you will understand. And right. That's like, exactly. It's just balance. And
0: all those jokes tidy up into this story and this like really poignant story about growing up here. And the effects that our society can have on us, you know, the like in a post 9-11 life when um, he tells this like really heartbreaking story about what I don't want to spoil it, but what yeah. happens immediately following 9-11 to his family. And, you know, I had moments in my family where you can't leave until you tell us where Osama is. And it was just... You know, things like my parents wouldn't let my sister and I go out. My brother almost got the shit beat out of him in a bar. Yeah. For being, for looking Muslim or for whatever. my parents
1: wouldn't let me. It was like I was going to college. Like, it happened, like, three days before I was supposed to, before I left to go to college. And, like, my parents wouldn't let me leave the house in those three days.
0: Yeah, it's terrifying. And so this is, the story he writes is very relevant, both just in the, after, just what it's been like for Brown America, like, post 9-11. Yeah,
1: and then it's happening, you know, in some ways it's happening all over again. Ugh. Um, And so, yeah, no, it's a, it's really well done. If you haven't checked it out, like, I think it's absolutely, you know, it's only like an hour long, I think. Yeah, Not it's even. super
0: short. I think it might just be an hour. Also, he's very handsome.
1: Yeah, and he so. is, he's just... I, <laughs> There's an earnestness there. Like, I don't know. I can't put my th- finger on it. He has it's a similar him, quality to, like, Dev Patel to me. There's, like, a similar, like, earnestness.
0: It's it's a vulnerability, yeah. perhaps.
1: <laughs> Probably. Uh, he, but there's something. It's,
0: just, it's very funny. It's on Netflix. It's called Homecoming King. No, Homecoming.
1: I think it's just Homecoming.
0: Homecoming. Yeah. yeah. I get it confused
1: um, with Spider-Man, though.
0: I know. When you said Homecoming, I was like, oh, are we going to talk about Spider-Man again?
1: <laughs> Which we sure. also watched.
0: We did.
1: <laughs> I know that will shock none of you. Uh,
0: um, But speaking of that, we had a very Marvel-filled weekend, too, because we yeah. saw Thor Ragnarok. We
1: did. Um, uh, okay, so if you haven't seen Thor Ragnarok, uh, you probably won't skip this and we'll put the um timestamp in the show notes cuz we will get into spoilers. Mm-hmm. So um yes, skip this section. So, okay, Thor, did you like oh, it? Nice. I I thought it was excellent.
0: Like I I knew I was going to like it. I went in with like really high expectations and I feel like it met every single one of them.
1: I um, was sitting next to Preeti. So I knew the answer to this question already. (laughs) There was a point and it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't even like we hadn't gotten into like the really funny parts of the movie, but it was like when Loki, um, like when Doctor, it was like, they met Dr. Strange.
0: It was, Oh, when I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. There's this, that moment when Loki lands in Dr. Strange's manner and he goes, I have been falling for 30 minutes. I lost my shit. Like, uh, like
1: to the point where we were but we were with another friend, Jen, and Jen, like, I heard Jen turn to Breezy and be like, are you okay? I couldn't because handle she just it. couldn't stop laughing, and it was <laughs> so great. It was so I great. I couldn't
0: handle it. It was so, and I knew, because, you know, ITT um was a New Zealand comedian, actor-director, New, from New Zealand, uh, comedian- actor, director, uh, and writer, um, was directed this film. And he is, if you've never seen his movie, what we do in the shadows, uh, which he did with Jermaine Clement from, um, flight of the concords, it's a mockumentary about vampires living in New Zealand. And it is one of the funniest things I have ever seen. Like I cry, I laugh so hard. Watching this movie, like you I must a, watch I
1: mean, it. But after Thor, now I want to.
0: It's so so good. So like I knew coming into Thor that it was going to be funny, but it was it was funny, but it was also a good movie. Like yeah. it was like a good Marvel movie. It was like
1: it was a great. It was it was. I think it was like a great movie. Like I I really enjoyed it. It was. I have a real love for the Thor movies. I know like they got a lot of flack. I love. Both of the like, Thor movies. No. I do love the Dark
0: I was World. I, be do. Like, I love the first no, one. I
1: love this. I've watched literally, I've watched A Dark World like twice in the past like two weeks. Like since I... watching this movie. I love The Dark World. It has its problems. I'm not pretending like it is a perfect movie. It's got a lot of issues, but I do still do enjoy it. And I, I feel like
0: I've only seen it once. I only saw it the one time.
1: I I really like it, and I feel like we get we it's the intermediate step between because part of my problem with um kind of the Marvel cinematic universe is like making loki he's like he becomes like a like he's like evil like he like murders you know what i mean and like it, it's like the middle step between like it, it's hard he's such a likable character that it's easy to forget like the misdeeds of his past but i feel like thor ragnarok really redeemed him like well, that's the it. type of justice i want Lo- like, that's how I want Loki... Like, that's the Loki I like versus, like, the Loki in Avengers.
0: The well, it's story. funny because the Loki... That is a very, like, actually comic-looking thing. Yes, Loki it is. Thing.
1: It is like, very much comics-looking. I'm going
0: to take his... And I'm sure I've mentioned this on the show before, but I'd take a minute to plug Loki, Agent of Asgard mm-hmm. by Al Ewing. And um, I cannot remember the artist name, know, but I like him not. so much. Um, Because... That is a book. That book, that that, and it's a limited series. It it only ran like, uh, not too many issues. I can't remember how many, but it's basically the redemption, not redemption of Loki, but it's a character study. It's a character study. You know, he tries so hard to be good, and as a character, Loki is not good or bad. Yeah, he's the trickster. He is like he'll do evil things. He'll do good things. He's self-serving. Yep. He's there to like fuck things up basically. Um, and just kind of get off on that. Like, uh, chaos. Yeah. He's, he's the, he's the God of lies, the God of story. One of my favorite themes about Loki in agent of, A- Loki agent of Asgard is that he's the God of lies, but that means he's the God of story because stories are lies. Yep. There's they're tales that we tell, you know, we spin tales And I just think it's a fascinating character study, which you see shades of that in Thor Ragnarok of Loki. He's still self-serving. Like, he's not a good dude. But he finds redemption in realizing, you know, the pain he went through in Dark World and kind of coming together for the greater good.
1: Well, and I also think what I liked about it is that, like, um, I totally forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> oh man! Okay, I was gonna. It was gonna be. It was gonna be good too. It was gonna be good. Um. Oh. Okay. No. I remember what it was. Okay. Got it. Uh, so, like, in the in Thor in the original Thor movie, which I love that movie, but in the first Thor like movie, it, yeah. you don't get the sense like he. You get the sense that he has always. Like, you don't get the history of being a trickster. It seems like no. he's just, he is, like, he has always been, like, and I'm not saying this is how it is, but, like, the sense you get from that movie is he's always been good and is doing things behind people, manipulating people behind their backs. What I loved about Ragnarok is, like, that story, which I laugh every time I even think about it, where Loki knew Thor liked snakes. And so... Thor, like, went up, like, he turned himself into a snake, and Thor went up to, and they were like, this is when they were kids, and Thor went up to, like, hug this, or, like, grab the snake, and Loki turned back into itself and stabbed Thor. But, like, it's like you get the sense that, like, okay, like, there's this long history of him being a trickster. He's been that way since they were kids. And I think that's a thing that neither of the previous Thor movies really were able to capture. Like, this is a part of who he is.
0: Any of the, like, movies in which Loki has appeared. Yeah.
1: Like, right? it's, it's not good, it's not evil. Like, they try to paint... Like, it's just, he's not a character who can be painted into a box. And I appreciated right. that this, this... I feel like this is the first movie that didn't try to turn him into something else. It didn't try to make him good. Right, Whereas Avengers was trying to make him evil. This is just like it's Loki.
0: It is, right. He's, like, he kind of sucks, but he's funny, but he's da da you know, whatever. Yeah. Um... One thing I read, I read like a really short, um, I don't remember where I read this, in some website, some journalism, something or the other. I've been traveling for a long time. It's
1: okay. It's
0: okay. So basically because Taika Waititi's Maori and the humor in this, um, this piece was positing that there is a Maori tradition of humor that is the joke is not. The joke is on the person who thinks they're the best. Mm -hmm. Like, Thor thinks he's the best, so he's often the butt of jokes. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. that's that's just funnier. And which is counter to what most of the Marvel movies do with Tony is the one who gets the quips, Cap's the one who gets the quips, you know. This, and I think uh, Spider-Man does this too, which is the people who think they're, like... The most powerful people are the ones who kind of are the butt of jokes because that was, that's what makes them relatable, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? It still allows them, and not in a mean way, but in a way that's like you can be good and still be laughed at. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And I really, really appreciate it about this because, like, Thor is wonderful, but this is this movie made him a real character. Yeah,
1: he it, was... There wasn't as much, I don't want to say he was one dimensional because that's not the case, but there was, this added a lot of dimension to him.
0: Yeah. Um, let's talk about Tessa Thompson.
1: Oh, she was great.
0: Who is so good as Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, when I found out she was cast as Valkyrie, I was psyched. You know, she's in Dear White People. She was in Creed. You know, she was in Veronica Mars. Yes. Whole girl, like girls she's are in working a, in a I believe time. She's in
1: Westworld.
0: Um, I've so not tried.
1: Oh, I love Westworld.
0: I couldn't get pulled into it. Oh, I, I love tried. It. I love
1: it. I love it. I love it. So okay, I don't maybe.
0: think I even made it to her. Um, but that said, she works. She's been working really hard for a really long time, yeah. and so to see her get cast in something that I that's gonna change her life. You know, you're in a Marvel movie. You don't. Yeah. You don't go back to like the way it was after you're in a Marvel movie, and she was outstanding in this role, you know? She's cool. She's, like, kick-ass, she's complicated, she's... I want a movie of that whole Valkyrie sequence. Yeah. Of yeah. all of them dying, trying to take down Hela. Yeah, I agree. Like, an entire film. It'd be tragic and beautiful.
1: I um, just want, like, she, like... Just, is, didn't I read a thing where, like, she pitched, like, a, basically, kick-ass, like, women's Avengers-type... She was like, yeah, we should do that. Like, Gamora, and, like, she really wanted... Like, I was like, I would watch that so fat. Like
0: Because then I wrote up a piece that I was like, these are the people who should be on your team. Oh, yeah, and then she
1: tweeted it, didn't she?
0: And she did, and it was very exciting for me. It's little things like that that make my day.
1: Yeah, she's very good at Twitter.
0: Um, But she was so good in this role, just like... I didn't... When that... Opening sequence happens, and she walks out of her ship and falls down because oh she's so wasted. I laughed so hard, like I didn't. She's so funny, like she's funny, and I she seen I, her.
1: she has great comedic timing, which is of the thing I think I I think I have not seen that side of her.
0: Right, just... I've seen her as a dramatic actress, and I've seen her in like dark comedy, but I haven't ever I hadn't seen her be just like straight up like really funny yeah in like a slapstick kind of way which is great mm-hmm. um and her relationship to hulk is so good you know oh, like can
1: we, oh, after this can we talk about how good mark ruffalo was yes yeah, so we're
0: gonna talk about mark ruffalo we're gonna talk about kate Blanchett. um but one of the things that i was bummed out about is they cut mm-hmm. a scene from the movie that like we were talking about earlier Made subtext text. You know, there's a lot of subtext in that Valkyrie scene that the blonde woman who is killed by Hilla is, Val- is Valkyrie's girlfriend mm-hmm. because she's canonically bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um, and they cut a scene that confirmed that the character is bisexual. I don't know if it's in that sequence, but they cut the scene that confirmed it and they took text and made it subtext, which is just infuriating because it's 2017. Just put gay people in movies. Can you imagine, like, a queer black woman in a Marvel film? Like, canonically, that was a really slow way of saying that word.
1: <laughs> um, but it would be amazing. It's just, it's it's almost to the point where, like, not that I don't want to talk about it. Like, it's a discussion we should keep having until they change something. But it's just so tired. Like, really? Yes. Again? Like, Again? again. Like, like, really,
0: do we have to have this conversation again? Just do it, man. Like, come on.
1: Like, stop, you know, stop making it, like.
0: And I I appreciated that, like, like, sure, let her and Thor have her have their moments because they're both, like, stupid hot. Mm -hmm. I get it. But at the end of the day, like, I appreciate there was no kissing, which Mm -hmm. I'm a person who loves, like, kissing in movies. I'm like, do it. Please make this a kissing movie. But I liked that that wasn't in this movie. See,
1: for me, like, I really appreciate when they don't, because I, like, I'm like, I always, I think there's a dearth of, like, healthy, especially, like, male-female friendship. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. Like,
1: on, so I very much appreciate, and yeah, they have, I mean, those, both of those people would have chemistry with a wall. Yes. of course, they have amazing chemistry. Literally,
0: everyone in this movie has chemistry with everyone. You're like, it's confusing, but you're into it. And like, I don't know. But everyone has chemistry with That's everyone. Great.
1: And, okay, so Mark Ruffalo as Hulk. Like, I've always thought he made a great Hulk. I've always I thought agree. he makes a great Bruce Banner. i thought he... I agree. But the the dimension you get with Hulk in this movie was amazing. Oh, my
0: God. Uh, I still can't believe I had to see Hulk, but...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. That, I could have done a, without.
0: I could have done without it. That's uh, not the kind of dimension
1: I wanted from Hulk. No. <laughs>
0: My headphones came out because I laughed too hard. Ah. Alright, we're good. Um He was so good in this. He I liked him so a lot. Good.
1: He was so good. And I'm like, a little sad because don't, I
0: don't I don't Hulk, want him to be Hulk forever. Hulk is
1: like so like one-dimensional. By definition, he's one-dimensional, except he's not, and you like get, get to see that in this movie. Um, yeah, no, I really, really liked seeing him. And then um Oh
0: my! Forgetting Kate Blanchett. Oh my god! Whoa. Like uh, talk about so a dark queen. Oh. You know what I loved? I loved that she brings in the reality of colonialism and war and conquest and what it means to have an Asgard that rules over rules in quotations over realms, much like some other empires that have existed, and what that truly meant. Like yeah. and. The fact that they erased that history yeah. was such a real thing because, you know, it's happened to indigenous populations all over the world mm-hmm. where what an empire means is a lot of blood and death of native like, people. How do you
1: think that how do you think the empire is established?
0: Right. It's through like subjugation. That's how that all works.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I just it's it's not. And I think you I remember you you asked me. When we, the f- trailer for this, she's like, y- y- You asked me, like, am I seeing uh, like a commentary on colonialism in this trailer? Like, yeah, is to be about that. And yeah, it actually kind of was, and it was great. Like, it went in directions you don't, you didn't expect it to go. And it's especially powerful coming from a director who is in, na- he's native, Maori or, yeah. you know, indigenous New Zealanders. Yes. And that made it all the more powerful. Kind I of. mean,
0: it's it's telling that when you have, you get perspectives that you don't, you might not get when you hire people whose perspective is not often shared. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like banging on my like, m- like mattress right now. Cause I'm like, just hire more people who will like allow for new story. Yeah. Thor has been universally praised. Like, is that a perfect movie? As we said, nothing is perfect, but it's not a recycling of the same movie we've seen 15 times either. It's, it was smart, it was surprising, it was, you know, the idea that all of these Asgardians are now refugees who have to find somewhere to go is compelling, and uh-huh. it's realistic in a really awful sort of way, but it was, a ne- like, a necessary, I I, I just love that they're, these are the themes we're getting out of, like, a funny thor movie. Yeah,
1: like and that's what I was going to say. It ha- deals with all of those things while so also being the funniest Marvel movie by far. So that funny. We've
0: Just so funny. Like yeah. Guardians is funny. Yeah. Of course.
1: This is funnier.
0: Guardians is funny. Thor was funny in a way that like didn't cut people down to be funny. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I agree. Like in a in a mean way I mean. And Chris Hemsworth, man. Like, I knew he was funny because he's funny in the other movies and he, like, he also has a great sense of comedic timing and he also, like, is so hot and can do drama, but man.
1: He was great.
0: He's so good. That, from the first trailer, when he's, like, when the the Hulk comes out into the thing, into the stadium, and he's, like, his face goes from, like, ready to fight to, like, this giant shit-eating grin. Yes. Oh, my God. I almost wish they hadn't ruined
1: that moment. Or, no, not ruined. They hadn't revealed that moment in the trailer. Because it would have been so good to see it for the first time on the big screen. Like, it was a great trailer moment. And so, like, and it's what, like, drew me into the trailer. So I understand why they used it. But to see that, like, for the first time on the big screen, that reveal, if you didn't know the Hulk was in this movie.
0: Agreed. But... Uh, you know what, This I'm going to say something that's a little controversial, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me, because while I loved Jeff Goldblum as Jeff Goldblum in this movie, I didn't really think all of the like game stuff was that necessary, or his scenes were that necessary. I felt like he
1: was very underused, and I wonder right? if there was a lot of it that ended up on the cutting room floor just for time.
0: Maybe. It just felt
1: like he was unnecessary. Like, yeah, no, like, I agree. with I know what you're saying. Like, I loved having him and he was funny and I loved him, but it, it, he didn't just he, add to a lot to the overall package.
0: Yes, exactly. Like that. Character, I feel like I don't know if I'm trying to say that I thought he deserved more in terms of actual. But I plot. don't
1: think you could have put more in this movie without making no. it over the top. Like, it was it, was ju- it just went it went there, but it didn't go over the top. Like, no, it was I agree just there. Close.
0: I don't think it was more that I want more, but I wanted more relevancy. Yeah. Does I, that make sense? No,
1: I agree. I actually I, I thought the same thing. Like I was I forget he's a, because I like forget hey. he was in the movie.
0: Right, because he's so sort of incidental to right. the actual plot other than – because, like, in terms of – like, obviously his character matters, but in terms of getting Jeff Goldblum to play a character in a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. I felt like he could have had more effect on the actual I would have loved
1: plot. for him to be in a different movie and then to just cast some – like, like a, you know, like a smaller actor in that part. Yeah. Use so Jeff Goldblum in a bigger role. Because it's Jeff Goldblum, and he's amazing. <sighs> uh, okay, I think that is our Thor-Ragnarok discussion. Yeah,
0: I'm sure there's more, but it's, like, mm, past nine, and...
1: <laughs> these like, I want to go to sleep. I'm okay. real tired. So, let's go quickly to the things we love. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I watched The Defenders, which, you know, the Marvel <laughs> Netflix series, the, for the first time, like... Just two or three weeks ago, um, because uh, as we have discussed, I am terrible at TV. So I watched it for the first time. Um, plot is terrible and makes no sense, um, but I absolutely adore the dynamic between, you know, especially like Jessica and Matt. I love that. I know. Like, how ridiculous right. she finds him. Like, it's just, I love it. And I'm actually rewatching it. Ryan's watching it now um, because he hadn't seen it. And I was like, like I kept like pausing the jokes and making him watch it. He's like, "Fine, stop doing that, and I will watch the show." So now we're rewatching it again, and I am enjoying it just as much the second time.
0: All right. So here's the thing. I agree with you. I think that they are very, 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 very lucky that they have incredibly charismatic actors, Finn Jones, notwithstanding. Ugh. Um That between I like, also like, wrote culture, a post
1: on. Um, sci-fi fangirls about how boring he is. That has also gotten me a lot of hate across the internet. So because people you can not be on me. the internet, like, a lot these past So you should weeks.
0: send someone some love, because <laughs> we gotta counter, My counter Twitter, that. My is a
1: mess, basically.
0: But, so, they, they are very lucky that they have these charismatic actors who have a lot of chemistry in the scenes together. I would watch a supercut of Jessica finding Matt ridiculous. Yes. Absolutely. That said... Show's problematic as hell. And it really like doesn't make sense. No. Like it feels like they really coasted on how charismatic the actors yeah. are.
1: But for me, like I know. That's fine. Like I I, know. I enjoy it for what i I just is. guess
0: it makes me so mad. It feels like such wasted potential. Cause I'm like, it could have been great because I I also really love Elodie Young and Charlie Cox mm. oh, together. God, like Elodie there. Young's- Terrible. So, their chemistry is, like, this. outstanding. And, like, they use... Uh, this is, like, a whole episode on its own.
1: I was so, going to say, this is a thing I love, so don't be too so, negative. <laughs> loves it. Yeah, I, I know it's problematic, great I on know it. it's... I know it's, but I, I just... So, I, I'm, I'm enjoying watching it.
0: They're great. It's fun to watch, like... It's fun to watch actors who, like, feel, look very comfortable together and have mm. a really great Back and forth. And they write some really good lines in for for, um, the other three Defenders. The dialogue
1: is a lot of fun. The dialogue is fun. And how ridiculous they all find Iron Fist is also a lot of fun.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, All right. The the thing, really, person that I love is Rick Riordan. um, Because I was at a conference this weekend. Tell people who he
1: is if they don't know. So
0: he wrote the Percy Jackson series, which is the world of Percy Jackson. So it's Percy Jackson, Heroes of Olympus, Magnus Chase, and the Trials of Apollo now are all of the series that are part of the same world. Um, Anna Kane Chronicles, sort of, but a little more in a looser sense. I love these books so much. Like, I realize they're for kids, but they are the most... They're full of, like, dad jokes, which I love a good dad joke. They are the most inclusive children's literature that like mainstream children's literature before like the diverse books conversation had even really started in a meaningful way like he was already doing that work rick rick i mean like these are wildly successful where he doesn't have to include you know gay kids and brown kids and kids with learning disabilities and, and kids who, you know, identify as, you know, somewhere in between on the gender spectrum or whatever. And he does it because he wants every child in every classroom to be seen no matter. I'm going to start crying because it's just like, I read
1: these books and I am, this is not normally the type of book I read. And I, I, I think I completely, I read them based because you love them so much. And I agree. They're, wonderful they're just
0: like you know they're not these it's it's not harry potter it's not lord of the rings it's not written in this sort of like traditional fantasy sort of narrative it's very commercial it's very you know middle grade first person oftentimes um multi-narrative uh in a few of the books but it's about kids succeeding against all odds and it's about All kids succeeding against all odds. And um, in the show notes, I'm going to link to uh, this speech that he gave at the Stonewall Awards, which is um, a literary achievement for gay LGBTQIA plus representation in literature, um, which he won for having a non-binary character in the Magnus Chase series, he gave a speech at the Stonewall Awards this summer and I was lucky enough to attend. And it was just something that I think every single person should read, like everyone. Um, And he was there at a dinner that I went to and I lost it a little bit. Um, And so I've been thinking about him a lot because not only is he writing these books himself and like putting these characters in these books that he's writing, he recognizes the importance of lifting up authors from underrepresented backgrounds. And he's actually created an imprint at Disney called Rick Riordan Presents, where he's finding authors to tell their own stories. Um, The first book of which is coming out this spring uh, called Arusha,
1: and... The End of Time. The End of Time. I think something like that. I should know this because I profiled I for for uh, sci-fi fangirls. But, but it was um, written by Roshni
0: Choksi, who yeah. is um, a Desi author. And, and I think
1: the second book has been announced, announced and it is also yeah. by a POC author, I want to say. It's definitely yeah. own voices. Like It's, it's an own, own voices.
0: voices. But this is like, uh, it's it's like the ideal, you know? it's It's this man who is Again, like wildly successful does not have to be doing anything mm-hmm. like this, but he's a former teacher. He wrote this book. He he wrote Percy Jackson because his son, you know, had a learning disability. He wanted his son to have someone to identify with and he recognizes the importance of representation on such like a real level yeah. that is so rare for, you know, a person of that caliber to do and it was just I just want everyone to read his books. They're so good. And so that's who I love right now.
1: Um, and, okay, so that's our show. Um, so we are a part of the Hard Knock Life podcast network. Um, so if you – it's a network of podcasts of people of color. Definitely recommend you check it out. Um, for example, the latest episode of the Hard Knock Life podcast, um, you may have seen the amazing cover Um on entertainment weekly i think it was like two weeks ago it's crazy rich asians mm-hmm. so it was constance Wu and henry golding and it was just stunning Ooh. it was it was incredible good looking cover <laughs> it was and so actually um keith chow brought in the stories author who's shirley lee um to talk about the shoot and you know the movie and all of that stuff so anyway check out that their latest episode and like as we said before, our Force Awakens episode comes out next week. Um, and the next month, we'll be discussing the ex- first three episodes of the first season of The Expanse, which is a sci-fi show on the Sci-Fi Network. For our patron, I Benim Very Spelly, I have watched the first season of The Expanse. I've read like I think four of the books. I love this series. I don't think you've seen it.
0: I literally don't know anything about it. Okay. And I think this will be a fun conversation. Yeah, I was going to
1: say so we're going to watch the first three episodes of that and then discuss um, in December. And that will be awesome because I'm really excited. I love, I love, love, love.
0: Yeah. So right now, all of our $10 spots on our Patreon are actually filled up. Yes. Um, But so she'll probably
1: open up like early next year.
0: Yeah. So. So, like, probably in like, you know, March, April, we'll have some spots opening up. Um, but oh. so
1: for our Patreon subscribers, thank you to iBenham, very smelly, <laughs> Fazia, and Anne-Marie at the $10 level. Sam, Jordan, Annie, Megan, Claire, Brian, Robert, and Gayathri at the $5 level. And don't forget, if you want one of our holiday cards, <laughs> pledge a dollar by December 15th. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash And please rate us on iTunes. In the
0: meantime, you can also find us on Twitter at Daisy Geek Girls and I am at Run with Scissors. I am
1: at S. Krishna.
0: And until next time, we will see, see you, you in now.